minute a lad had asked him for a ticket, he'd go into the book. He could have 50, 60, 70 requests. They would look the mammy then and we kind of went through the list of who served the most. There could be a lot of lads texting. OTB AM, live weekday mornings from 7.30 on the OTB Sports app. OTB AM. With Gillette, get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Delighted to welcome Gordon Darcy back to the show. Gordon, how are you getting on? Good morning, lads. Just on that point of, I guess, these New Zealand tours and these tours to the Southern Hemisphere in general, it feels like it's almost a pattern at this stage that the year before the World Cup, Ireland would go down there and play at least one test in New Zealand. Uh, From your own playing days, was that something that was generally spoken about? Like the World Cup, was that generally spoken about all the time as if New Zealand were this sort of preparatory uh, expedition in order to get ready for, for the big one a following year later? Uh, no, not not really. Like you, you, I suppose when you when you get to this stage in the season, there's probably a f- I wouldn't even say there's any players involved in the conversations. It's the coaches are, you know, probably have some you know webs in their head that they want to see play out over the next kind of fifteen, sixteen months. But from players, like you look at the volume of rugby that's gone through. There is a certain bit about just getting the energy tanks just you know re-established and uh, trying to get ready for what's the what is the toughest tour um, in the uh, in the in the professional era. You know, you go back to that tour in '97, '97 to New Zealand, kind of. It was '97, yeah, I think it was '97 that went. Um, you know, this is obviously we're better prepared going. It's not a development tour, but this is uh, this is akin to that. But from the from the players' perspective. You know, I'd say this guy's looking to put their to reinforce any um, potential the coaches might see in them in their heads. Um, and for for other players, players, it's just 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 to stay there. But like, I think you can't get away from the, the enormity of this challenge. Like, it's I, like I, I look at it on paper and I'm just like, <laughs> just it really it is really going to be a brutal tour. What is the area of this squad then that would give you most concern when it comes to the brutality? So I, I guess when we're talking about areas of squad depth here, uh, no, it's uh, that's not. I think it's you know you you playing the playing the All Blacks three games in a row is tough enough, but you're putting in the the Maori into in, into that. Like that's there is no easy game there. So um, and starting with the Maori, they'll want to set the tone um, for the tour um, and. There's this weird thing in 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 New Zealand that they um, they almost take it as a national. They, they're taking the, that Ireland have beaten them what three, you know, is it three out of the last five times as a, as a national insult. So the Maori will be looking to soften up players ahead of the ahead of the ahead of the first test. I think it's it's unfair maybe to pick apart the squad at this stage because um, we've got to see how they've how they perform. Um, there's cases for people being left out and there's cases for everybody that's that's in there. Um, I suppose we still have some of the inherent, um, you know, we probably don't have the, some of the injuries will probably be a concern going. Not No uh, Ronan Gallagher and no Robert Balakin too that probably jump out the questions that uh, you like that are inherent to the squad of, if you want to continue this theme and they just won't go away Gordon is the questions regarding the number 10 position and if we get into uh, a conversation around squad depth I think it, you don't even need to, to go that far to accept that maybe Sexton won't play every game in this tour I don't think that's exactly a hot take that he's not going to be available for every single minute uh, do you have greater concerns or fewer concerns say compared to the end of the Six Nations when it comes to Ireland's depth at 10 Um. Yeah, I think it's 
it's it's undecided and i think we can't there is no um that well there's potentially one of the one of the young guys in munster may come into the reckoning depending on uh, what game time he gets they get in uh in, in munster next year um but if you just look at the at the players that are that are on at hands ross Byrne didn't give the uh greatest um showing of himself jack harty at the at the at the weekend jack harty is injured and they've kind of decided on those two. So unless somebody else emerges, they're just trying to get the either they're trying to get Harry Byrne to stay fit and to see can he compete at this level and trying to play Joey Carberry back into back into form uh, again. He's not injured this time, but they're really trying to decide. I think on what the pecking order is. Um, and they picked three out halves, and there's every chance these could be the three out halves that go to um, go to the World Cup um, next year. And they're just trying to see what is the best, trying to see what the best use of these resources is. Um, but I still think there is, yeah, like I'm just, you know, we're dealing in the in the squad we have. Like they just need to figure out who's gonna who's who's gonna play, who's gonna start those tests if they if if Johnny isn't, and that's not clear um, because you have two two at halves who are have different um, problems to solve. Joey is. Hasn't thrived in the la- in the latter half of the season and is probably a little bit you know, looks a little bit shy on com- on confidence and players and I suppose people talking about maybe he's should be shifting to fifteen with um with uh what's his name shifting into into ten um which was Carberry uh, fifteen mm. uh, Carberry fifteen and um uh, Ben Healy shifting into coming into ten and I'm saying I'm not sure that helps uh, anyone in the in, in an Irish case but it's just, I suppose it's a it was a reflection on the malaise in the in the Munster attack in the last couple of games um, and uh, Harry Byrne has all the talent in the world but can't stay fit and whenever he plays he tends to force the force the force the game so I think they just need to, they want they're, they're they're putting these guys in and giving them every chance to cement themselves because like that's the age-old thing isn't it sometimes it's harder to get out of a national team to any any good performances from either of those players could go a long way um over the next kind of 15 months like i I do find the the harry byrne conversation very interesting given that in front of him you've johnny sexton who as we've just said is is probably not going to play uh all the time in this tour and, and joey carberry who is injury prone so Harry Byrne could, it's not unreasonable to think, be thrown into the deep end in this tour. Is, it, is this potentially a sort of sink or swim moment for him? I, I know it's very early in his career and he's had injury troubles that have sort of delayed his emergence. But do you think this could be a very, very big few months for him? It's Yeah, it could be. Um, I would be surprised if he gets first shot at the, at the, uh, at the, at the title. Um, yeah. I, would be, I, would, I would say there is a Carberry... Harry Byrne. It, it's between those two. Like this is this is, like this is a you know it's almost like a lion's door going going into it. You know you've got the Maori first. There's going to be game time um, split between them. You would expect Sexton to start the first test, and whoever performs better in that Maori test to be able to get the uh, to get the option off the off the bench. So it really is fighting. Like you are you're absolutely right. Um, both of them. This is this this will have a. Monumental impact on their uh, on their pecking order and their careers in the next in the next fifteen months. So you know that that is and Farrell will absolutely look to tap into that. The fact that he's bringing Sexton and he's captain this tour just goes. Listen, we've and he's and we know we signed the contract to the to the World Cup. He's kind of going. Listen, this is he's number one, and you guys need to figure out who's number two. 
Um, and then you can start working about how to how, how to how to manage those resources. Just, just at this stage of the season, Gordon, we, we spoke about like Josh Cullen, um, Stephen Kenny referenced it last night. He's at sixty games this season. Like, what's it like for a rugby player in the middle of June to have this ahead of you? Um, and as you mentioned, the Maori aspect to it as well. Some of these guys coming off a really long season with particularly Leinster and so on. Yeah, it's not like it isn't easy um, because you're at this really weird balance because you need to maintain the kind of um, physical element in the gym. Um, pitch sessions has to come right down. And the volume you can do on a pitch has to come right down. So your ability to practice at a really, really intense level going into the most intense portion of the season um, is it's really hard. And you're kind of a victim of um how you perform you will either if you hit the ground running you you can just you know you can just carry that momentum uh into it but on the other side of the fence is you've got new zealand who are really really well rested you know they've come off the back of um you know most of them only play half of the uh, the super rugby so they're coming in super well rested not a huge amount of game time in it uh under their belts and they seem to benefit from that and they're at the you know so the energy levels is, is really hard. I think it was on one of the tours we had two games in New Zealand and I think it was maybe uh, somewhere in the mid two thousands with two games in New Zealand and one in Australia and we could have we should have won one of those two tests in New Zealand and we lost them in the you know dying dying embers of the of the uh, of the match. Um, but we went to Australia and we were doing really well. It wasn't a great particularly great Australia team, but we just ran out of gas. Um, 55 minutes to just the parachute came up and we just didn't have anything in the gas and Australia, you know, kind of stole it in the last, in the last 15 minutes. And that was, that was really hard, but like you were pretty, you're pretty physically broken at the, at, at the end of that. And I was just thinking if you'd add in two more matches into that, like, you don't, you don't, I don't, you don't know where you go. And that's what I keep thinking. Like this is, you know, this is a six nations played over three and a half weeks. That, that's 2006 that you're referring to and it's, yeah. it's 34-23 is the first test against New Zealand 27-17 is the second test against New Zealand and then 37-15 uh, against the Wallabies is the third test so I presume I, you you play you start and, and, and play in all three tests I presume come test three you're even before kickoff you're like I'm, I'm a bit screwed here not that you're a bit screwed you're just there going like your 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 confidence is, is not confidence but the the just the, the the frustration of being close, and I know those scorelines don't necessarily reflect how close the games were, but we were. Mm. There was one of the one of the, I think it was the second test in particular. Um, we gave up a try in like the last six, five or six minutes. Um, but you had to carry that momentum there. You got to travel, get on a plane, go over, um, and yeah. You, but you just there's a physical the physical thing. Like I think that was like, I think that was my thirty second game or something that season. And if you look at the across the across the paddock you know these guys were probably barely into 15 15 games and like that does take that does take a take its take its toll um how they perform like this is this will be all around momentum lens like ireland need to get a they need to get a win they, they arguably need to win the first two first two matches um to have a chance of doing something on that on that on that tour there's an awful lot of pressure on um New Zealand to perform as well in those two matches. Um, but from an Irish from an Irish perspective, you know, 
without without trying to get you know it, it, there's a bit of a grey cloud over Irish rugby particularly with um, just in the last couple of weeks with Munster's exit um, and Leinster and Ulster following suit in the last in, in kind of almost in consecutive weeks um, but there's a huge amount of pressure on New Zealand to perform in this tour but from Ireland for this tour not to spiral into something that you're 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 you know you're scrambling to 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 pick up the pieces from they need to they need to perform and win one of the first two matches let's talk about the um provincial aspect of this then what have you seen over the last few weeks that would give you the greatest cause of concern when you take that evidence and bring it to the Ireland camp um well it's well that's i think that you don't necessarily carry your form um from your province into it I suppose what would be of potentially a bit of concern would be um, players carrying their form into uh, into camp Um, and it's not across the board I think um, you know say uh, you look say you know and and players missing and they kind of name checked Kelleher and Balakoon definitely as two that are going to be that are going to be missed Um, but the it's, I think it's more the kind of squad resources in it. I and mean, if you look and, you know, we picked three number eights in the squad, um, which, you know, we're, you're playing Caelan Doris at his second best position. Um, I think he struggled in um, in the bigger games at playing at a six. I don't think he is naturally a six. So you kind of look, the, the only other person in the, in the squad that's an eight-night six is Peter Romani. So, you know, the, it, the squad just looks, um, I think, from players coming in with the form they're coming in, I don't think too many players are coming in on red-hot form. Um, I think Henshaw is probably, is is arguably there. James Hume is, is arguably there. Um, Gibson Park has been, you know, a little bit uh, flat in the last two games. Ty Byrne is definitely, you know, is just looks like he's a man who started nearly every game he's available for this season. And I think they're the players that tend to offer you game-breaking moments in, in, in games and if they're a little bit flat coming into this tour that could be a worry. Uh, can I ask you about Leinster then? That, yeah, In your piece in the Irish Times this morning you said that Leinster remain vulnerable to big physical teams as was evidenced over the last few weeks. Was your sense earlier in the season, Gordon, that they had corrected those vulnerabilities somewhat and that this is maybe a little bit surprising what's transpired over the last little while? Yeah, like I think you, we, we we probably get carried away with with Leinster because they're so dominant during the early part of the early part of the season and the disrupted um, European Cup kind of sent over um, a mismatch of, uh, of of games. I think the the there's only so much you can um, coach yourself out of um, a, a problem. Um, there are bigger, there are other teams with bigger budgets and bigger people. Um, that we're leaving it, we're we're kind of leaving it more to chance that uh, to try and be perfect on a on a game on a day, and that's on unf- uh, with the current squad, with the current way we approach the um, the kind of match day twenty three. Like um, our only one of our the only overseas player that say Leinster have is Alalato, and he's on the he's on the bench, so he's not starting. But when you look and say most other European wins, there will always be a kind of uh, a little kind of sprinkle of international class that can be the difference in games and I think you know when Ireland's or when Leinster's and uh, their line eight struggled and their set piece struggled we didn't really have a, a a second way to regenerate quick ball which is the kind of 
fulcrum to everything that Leinster do and we don't have a particularly good uh, we don't have uh, our kicking game isn't uh, to kick to isn't what it used to be our counter-attack probably isn't as dangerous as as other teams so we we, we struggled and we don't have that um, player that you can just pop the ball to that can just generate um, quick ball more often than more often than not Is there a sense now that what's coming through at the Leinster Academy will get them so far and will still allow them to you know be very very competitive and, uh, on all fronts but that sprinkling of international class will need to be sourced from elsewhere. Yeah, and like I think you know you got you got Jason Jenkins coming in um, next season, and I think he would have he would have potentially solved this year's problems because if you look in say when uh, Joe McCarthy came on in um, against uh, Larry Shelley, he you know that kind of tight you know he was the tighter loose head lock. He came in and he scrummaged for his life, and um, and did, we didn't give up a, a penalty. So I think. That's going to help solve one of those issues, but is that enough um, across the board? You know, when when we have won, there has been big players, big international players, big just big foreign signings that have made you know small have made contributions across a thing that just changed the whole dynamic of it. And I think they've also fed into players like I'm better player from playing with Felipe, um, better player from from, from playing with uh, with Issa. Um, so there's players like that, Nathan Spooner, there's guys like that that just give you a different insight into how the how the game. So it's not just about winning a matches. That's what they're primarily to do, but they do add to the way players perceive the uh, perceive the game and interpret it. Um, and yeah, I think to have to have all those players, like it, it would be a noble um, noble uh, goal to win with everyone being you know through the Leinster Academy, but. You know, I, it is a good academy. I don't think it's good enough to beat, um, you know, bigger budgets out of out of France and the UK. Like that's quite interesting. And so, like uh, the, the knock-on impact of that would be interesting as well, Gordon. Over the next little while, that if they do bring in maybe uh, one or two additional signings, then then Jason Jenkins, just for example, the, the knock-on impact that would have on on some of the more talented players coming through from the academy who who may not necessarily be on an international class level but would be able to bring I'm not sure does it, does it bolster up their squad does it essentially become a case where the Leinster Academy becomes an even bigger feeder for other provinces in Ireland or or what the knock-on impact of that would be a few more international signings for Leinster yeah but they, but they have them next year and I think it's the mm. it's the you know you have Jenkins there is Charlie uh, Naitai if I have that name wrong I probably do he's coming in as a as a centre he's coming in from Leon and um, and you have uh, Al Alatoa, but there's not none of those three are guaranteed to start if we were in the Champions Cup final next year. I'd say Jason Jenkins probably is just purely on size, um, because the Gatlin's great co- great quote: "You can't coach a guy to be six foot eight and one hundred and thirty kilos." Um, and whether we can, whether we get away from that or not, that's what that's what Leinster needed. They needed a bit of a bit of size um, because in both games when. Um, our set piece has been disrupted and our set piece, is, see, well, set piece was disrupted because we looked a little small um, and then um, we weren't so we were, we were we were we were disrupted at set piece and that had the knock on effect across the game that we don't have a like you look at you know what the Stormers were able to do they were able to give the ball to Evan Roos and he's just dynamically carrying over the over the over the um, over the game line Marcel Colcia he did the same that is the game they're built for. But when we were asking Caelan Doris and Jack Conan to carry into South Africans off slow to medium ball, 
we struggled. We really, really did because we're not built for that type. We weren't. We're not put together for that type of game. We are built for that high tempo game. Um, but we need to be able to protect from for the other side because that's what teams are. That's what New Zealand are going to look at from that. They're going to look at the template that France did, where they disrupted um, our set piece in in Paris for fifty percent of the game. They're going to look at um, you know the pressure Dan Sheehan was put over three pods going up nearly every time and every line out um, and put him under and put him under severe pressure. Um, so the calling of the line out will be really important. The scrum looked, um, our scrum looked, you know, our scrum looked shaky. Um, you know, Leinster's looks looks shaky. You've got um, there doesn't seem to be huge amount uh, experience in behind in behind Tig. So yeah, so the, there is there is concerns around that in in broader context. All right, Gordon, great stuff. Thanks, Millie, for being with us this morning. Thanks, William. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.